Tiffany sneaks out. Caleb joins the party too, for different reasons. You're listening to Return to Gilead, a fan podcast for Down Gilead Lane by two new but conscientious fans of the show. I'm Michael LeFaver. And I'm Ryan Matlock. And today we're reviewing 6-9 Fair Warning by Beth Culp, episode 80 on our Return to Gilead. Hey, happy 80th episode, Ryan. 80th episode? You know what that means. What? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) It's 100 that's the big one, but 100 is going to be Trouble in the Jungle Part 2, which is a pretty inconsequential episode, if you ask me. I mean, it's kind of important to the plot, but, you know, we're we're celebrating milestones as we go along here, but uh, how about I read the summary for this episode? How about you do? While Caleb tries to keep Tiffany away from a bad party being held by Brad Smith, Anthony and Brooke wonder what to do with their own knowledge of the details of the party. This is a great moral or a great theme for an episode, and I'm really uh, raring to discuss it with you. Okay. You Tell ready, me more. Ready to talk about it? Okay. So this is exactly what we've been talking about with the idea of Ms. Kopeck and Mrs. Donner and the knowledge that Tom Richter had or about Grace and like what he what he did to Grace and the knowledge that Grace has about Tom. And with all of that, the conclusion that we've generally reached is that openness and truth should be valued. Of course, uh, speaking the truth in love and in grace should be taken into account. But above all, we should value sharing the truth and doing what we believe to be right. And in this episode, we're presented with a situation where Brooke knows that there's a party going on. Anthony actually has the details of the party, but neither of them know whether they should leave it as the responsibility of the kids who are going to be going to the party to either go or not go, or if they should tell their parents and be ostracized for it. And as we find out later in this season, we won't talk too much about it, but Anthony is the subject of a lot of ire because he does end up telling uh, his dad about the party. But do you think it was a good idea for him to tell the details of the party? Yeah, I do think I do think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Based on the things that I said in previous episodes about like valuing truth, Mm -hmm. even in a situation where people are like, well, it's a secret. That just because someone tells you this is a secret, don't tell anyone, doesn't mean you doesn't have to mean not that that anyone. information isn't valuable for bringing about a healthy scenario rather than a painful one. If the secret is being used to hurt people, yeah, and in this case, it is. Yeah, this is a party being thrown at a place that the party thrower doesn't own, and with illicit subject substances that children shouldn't have, mm-hmm. as well as without adult supervision, so who knows what else is going on at that party. So it's just not a healthy, safe environment. And nothing that's going on is going on with lawfulness in mind. Similarly, when we were talking about the previous thing, I think I talked mostly about, like, truth should win out, but I think that there's a huge more, a a whole other aspect to consider when you consider that the Richters are harming people with the secret that they keep that by keeping the secret and not making it public what's really going on they're able to continue to share abusive information abusive lies about grace and also about other people Mm -hmm. so yeah just contrasting or rather comparing those two i'd i'd have to say yes i do support like it would be a little different i think if it were adults Hmm. or well yes and no so if adults were saying, hey, let's go and break the law, absolutely not. 
But if adults were saying, hey, let's go through a party where we're going to be a little reckless and we might get hurt, but we're not doing anything illegal, technically it's their right to do that. It's not your job to tell the police, hey, hey, these people are doing things that are totally within the law, but they're kind of reckless. Well, because that's foresight of what the police are going to say. The police probably go like, okay, what do you want us to do about it? But still, the value there isn't you don't want to tell because you don't want to be someone who uh, you don't want to be seen as someone who's a tattletale. Although we can talk about that. But the, the point there is more there's not really any point to tell. And as far as being a tattletale goes, I think we could agree that in the situations where either where telling would result in your loss of rep, you should value the truth over your rep, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. And really, tattletale is a very <laughs> immature <laughs> title to give to somebody. Yes. Like if you're if you're known as a tattletale because you tell in this episode. Yeah, if you're known as a tattletale because you tell authorities about <laughs> things that things are happening that other people that are, are wrong, doing. That's a problem with that, the other people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, man, that guy's no fun. He doesn't let us break the law. <laughs> that is exactly the point. <laughs> so, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry I, for living in a society. <laughs> yeah, and we don't see the follow-up in this episode about what happens with that, but it's really a great moment for both Brooke and for Anthony because Anthony finally mans up and does what he knows to be right and what Brooke kind of convinces him to be right, which is to get the courage to go tell his dad. And Brooke has a conversation with her parents that I really like. I don't like the beginning of the conversation because it just kind of fade, kind of fades in and it sounds like uh, Roger Mueller and Jill Schellerberger Mueller are just kind of ad-libbing about something and then all of a sudden Brooke shows up. Did you get that impression too at the beginning of that scene? Do you remember that? I didn't notice. It didn't come to my attention then, but I, I see what you mean. Yeah, it sounds like John was con- just kind of mumbling like, yeah, it sounds like we won't even have to go to trial on this and, and stuff. And them just trying yeah. to, to do like some, I don't know, improv there. But then we get this scene, which is the clip of the day for this episode. I really liked these lines between Brooke and uh, John so and Mary as well. So I wanted to highlight them. Okay, Anthony knows all the information, and I just don't know if he's going to tell his dad or not, because everyone will know he reported it. Now that's not a reason to hold back. I know, Dad, and you know that Anthony's super strong in everything he stands for, yeah. but this is big time. And the consequences of not stopping something dangerous and illegal could also be big time, honey. You're right. But some of these kids have been caught before, and they could get in serious trouble this time. You're a judge, Dad. You know what happens to kids like that. Brooke, the best thing that could happen to some of these kids is to get caught. That's a very interesting line, because it's the sort of thing that makes you think twice about it, where you think, oh, yeah, it's you shouldn't really be meddling in other people's business. And yeah, getting caught isn't a good thing. This is what we hear at the end of the episode with Caleb taking the fall for uh, for Tiffany, which... Given that context from John, I think we're supposed to believe in the context of the episode that that wasn't the right call. But it's also what Caleb did or what Maya did for Tiffany earlier in the series. So it's a good setup to see that Caleb's now mirroring it. But besides that, it's not what you'd expect to hear that when Brooke says mm-hmm. Brooke says that and you're thinking John's just going to go into, well, even so, it's this. He goes, no, I don't agree with that premise. They should be caught. And it, because if they're caught, then that'll show them that they can't do stuff like this and get away with it is the implication of what he's saying. And I really like that message because that makes you think. Yeah, it attacks the premise, which there's sort of two trains of thought that a lot of people do when they're approaching whether something is right or wrong. There's a, is it moral kind of train of thought? And then there's, will there be negative consequences 
train of thought. Mm. And sometimes that negative consequences train of thought works well. You know, like, should I lie? Well, the consequence is that people won't trust you. My nose is going to grow, so no. Uh, No. (laughs) Uh, If I lie, I'm going to get in trouble. And so that means lying is bad. Okay, well, in that case, that worked. But where the fallacy in that uh, second line of thinking comes is when you're doing something like this. Like, oh, well, if I tell about this illegal activity, people will get put in jail or uh, get in trouble and it will go on the record and that's bad. So this must be bad, right? Well, just because there's negative consequences doesn't mean that a choice is wrong because sometimes there are negative things that happen just because we live in a fallen world. Mm -hmm. Like I know people who have tried to cover up or like not share information about someone who is treating them poorly because they think that to do so would ruin that person's reputation. When Mm -hmm. if that person's treating someone poorly, they don't deserve a good reputation. (laughs) Yeah. Just because something negative will happen to someone doesn't mean that it's immoral for an act to take place. Mm -hmm. What's really immoral is simply what's wrong. What the Bible shows is wrong. And in this case, that's people who are not obeying the governing authorities and who are putting people in danger. Mm-hmm. And what a great arc for Anthony, because he's he's new to this town. He's just getting to know everyone. He's the, the hero of the football game, along with Caleb. And now, just as he's starting to fit in, uh, Brad seems to trust him with this information and he doesn't think he's going to tell. And he has to sacrifice a lot of the stuff that he's worked to earn for his integrity and see how far his integrity can go, the, like what he knows to be right. And he eventually makes that decision based on that value that this is the only way that the best outcome can happen, that I share the information and Brad gets help. And I don't know exactly what happens with Brad after this. I, I forget what happens in the next episode, but good on he him. He disappears into the ether. <laughs> he just melts away. Well, we do see Brad in a few episodes in a very dramatic fashion and we'll we'll talk about that but in the meantime i love the portrayal of this moral in this episode i think Beth yes. Culp did a fantastic job with it so there's a, a couple other little things here tiffany's arc is continuing and at the end i don't was she actually drinking at the end in this episode or was she just i think it's implied because there's a throwaway yeah. line where she says she doesn't feel very good before the police take uh take over i think okay yeah, and there's there's also a great line from Caleb where he's irate showing up, and Brad is there, and Brad's like, "Come on, man, we're all friends here." And Caleb goes, "Well, oh, friend, well, well, thanks, thanks friend, for thanks. taking care of my sister." Yeah, I I love that implication because I mean it's it's a sinister implication, but Caleb has cared throughout this whole season for Tiffany, who doesn't care that Caleb cares for her, and now that he sees her going down this path, and Brad doing this to her, giving her alcohol. He is livid about that. So good. Which is awesome. Yeah. I love seeing him stand up for Tiffany, even though Tiffany won't stand up for anyone else. But she's reaching her low point because she's getting all of this attention. It's making her feel good. She's felt good after organizing the the rally for the uh, for the football team. I think that that was in Hometown Heroes Part Two. And now now that she's seeing, hey, Doing things with people is uh, where I can find fulfillment. And like, hey, getting attention from from people I like in school is getting, bringing me that fulfillment. Of course, she would go to this kind of party. But when she sees where it gets her with an upset stomach, an upset brother, and almost jail, almost something on her record for possession of alcohol, she um, 
she's got a bit of a turn in a future. I, th- I think she does in one of the future episodes. Now we'll have to see where she goes as a character, but this is this should be a big moment for her to actually have it come to this point. Yeah. And yet think about how much more impactful it would have been for Tiffany. She'd actually been caught with the alcohol, but you know, <laughs> come on, Kayla, we were that come, close. Come with me and ponder the question. What if <laughs> anyway, there's also the scene at the very beginning between, I think it's between Maya and, Oh, it's between Maya and Tiffany and Maya's just straight up pestering Tiffany while she's on the phone. A little bit. I th- I think she was trying to tell her something about their parents. No, she was just wondering where her. their parents were. And I'm like, she, Tiffany gets off the phone a couple seconds later, so couldn't you have waited a little longer, Maya? True. I don't know. I don't know. But there's, there's also the line when Caleb is defending Maya and Tiffany calls her the little brat again. And Caleb again is said he says Tiffany's or Tiffany, she's not the brat. She's not the brat. It's so good. And then Maya tries to say something to keep the peace. And Tiffany jumps in and says, Stay out of it, Maya. And then Caleb goes, Leave her alone. So it's kind of like a triangle where Maya's like, It's okay, Caleb. And Caleb's like, Stop it, Tiffany. And Tiffany's like, Yeah, stop it, Maya. <laughs> I like how it's going around in a circle. But it shows how Maya's thought process goes because when Tiffany leaves, she says, I don't think she meant everything she said. And then Caleb says, I don't think you know what you're talking about, kid. That's a, a good contrast between those two Richters because we saw back in Just Desserts, Maya's willing to cover up for Tiffany and she wants to think about the good in Tiffany. But then Caleb says, no, she's just being terrible. And I understand that. It's starting to get in my nerves. Yeah. Later when they're in the car, Caleb is rightly trying to keep Tiffany from going to the party and they're in a heated argument, but Maya doesn't like the way that either of them is approaching it, which good on her because she quells the conversation and then says, Caleb, I think Tiffany is actually saying this after telling Tiffany, Tiffany, I think Caleb just wants to look out for you. But then she tries to, again, look for the good in Tiffany and say, hey, I think she just looks up to you. And Tiffany goes, ha, as if, no, stay out of this. Which, that's sad. I wanted to get a a bit more deep side to Tiffany, but I guess she's just, no, I'm not going to share my emotions with you. Which, it's it's, it's expected. I I think it's it's partially that I feel that Maya is actually, like, she's trying to peacekeep between them because she feels like that's her responsibility because she's the Christian in the room. Hmm. Yes, blessed are the peacemakers, but Maya's not very good at it. No, um, but she's trying, and it does end up in, she's I, trying. Think, I think, a better place where they just end the conversation where I think they would have ended before. I feel like some of the things that Maya says are her trying to come up with good things that aren't even there. Like, her saying, yes. I think uh-huh. that Tiffany looks up to you, Caleb. No, yeah, that's, that's... Real, that's really not the case. Yeah. She envies his position <laughs> of popularity and thinks that he's not using it properly, but she doesn't look up to him as a role model. She looks no, up she to him because him. she because she je- because she's jealous of his prior position and wants to claim that for herself and feels that she is succeeding. Yeah, so Maya's grasping at straws a little bit, but her heart yeah. is in the right place, and I appreciate that that about her, and it does fit it with her sweet. character for her to to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Speaking of sweet, I kind of ship Brooke and Anthony. I don't know if you. Okay, I see it. Yeah, I mean. They're both really strong Christians. They seem to get along really well. They sort of like some of the same things, I guess. I don't know. I just I just like their chemistry as actors and characters. It works really well, I think. Sure. Sure. I can um, see that. We don't doesn't go anywhere because this is one of Anthony's last episodes. Um because Wait, it's the no. end of the series. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Anthony, it's come all, back. It's all right. 
I found it amusing, Mr. Donner watching the rain, oh. like a good mis- like a good Midwesterner Aww. watches a tornado. <laughs> well, he's also waiting. I think he's partly waiting up for Anthony to get back, right? I'm not sure. It it sort of seemed like or I missed your joke. I, I, I'm sorry. Like, oh yeah, you did, but it's no. fine. Uh, no, but Anthony seemed to indicate that he just does this. Oh, okay. Just watching the storm. Like, yeah, this happens all the time. Yeah, and and when they get up, they're they're like, "Are you okay, Mister Donner?" He's like, "A little rain never hurt anybody." Like he's enjoying himself. <laughs> when I heard that line, I was like, "I am pretty sure people have died of uh, pneumonia from rain." <laughs> well, I mean, you mentioned the tornado line. It's like, I mean, maybe you should get inside. No, no, the tornado's fine. I'll I'll be watching it here from my garage. Okay, all right. Have you ever seen those videos of like? Midwestern dads and there's like a tornado on the horizon and they're just standing at the screen door (laughs) like ooh I suppose I haven't actually so your reference is unfortunately lost on me ah okay well that exists yay we Midwesterners you know a good tornado comes by you gotta enjoy it for a little bit before you run down to the cellar getting back to Mr. Donner though I don't think we realized he was a cop before I did I don't remember why but I something prior said I so forget. uh but this this has a scene of him at the police station he's talking with one of the other officers and they're going back and forth eventually they talk about caleb and then i'm sorry not caleb anthony and then anthony comes in and the other guy's like well speak of the man himself and then they and then anthony gives his dad the news but i love their relationship when anthony gets back and he's clearly kind of like yep yep we're we're good and mr donner goes uh anthony is there something you want to talk about and anthony goes no no there's nothing and He's not lying. Like, he just doesn't want to talk about it. And his dad sees that there is something there, but not anything he wants, like, anything he's ready to share. And so he says, okay, well, you let me know if I'm here if you change your mind. And I like that. He doesn't pry. He lets him handle it because he knows he's mature and can handle it. And eventually when he does uh, talk to his dad, it shows that he trusts his dad because his dad let him handle that. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. was some, I I heard that and I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Aw. And then we get a similar conversation between Brooke and John. Earlier in the conversation that we mentioned from the clip of the day, John is kind of jumping to conclusions about like, oh, wait, is is Anthony thinking about going to it? Oh, is, does this involve Caleb Richter? And that's because he doesn't have all the information and because he's ready to be told what the actual information is by Brooke. And then Brooke's like, no, a- Anthony wouldn't go to that. And John goes, well, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just that we want to make sure everyone is okay, that nothing nothing will happen here because this is a serious matter. And I like We're how he's spitballing. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but we are going to call up Anthony's dad if this doesn't happen, if he doesn't tell his dad because he values right and wrong. He doesn't want to see anyone get hurt. And I like how I like how they show their love to Brooke in that conversation. It's it's really great. Mm-hmm. A good contrast between that and the the fact that the Richter parents just aren't here in this episode, but the other parents <laughs> are. Yeah, they'll they'll show up later when everyone's in trouble, but No, uh, they don't. Not right now. They they no? don't even. I mean, well, later they they, they go to the police station. Well, spoiler for next No, they don't. The parents don't show up to the police station. That's the Ever? whole point. No. Caleb gets a ride home with Anthony. Oh. I mean, I'm misremembering the story. Spoilers for the next episode, but yeah. Or, no, they, sorry, they're in the episode. That's that's right. They're but in they're the episode, a, okay. but Tom well, specifically makes a point. We could just cut all that if you want. No, no, that's <laughs> fine. I want to keep this in because it's relevant. Um, the, sure. par- the parents, the contrast of the Richter parents in the next one is that Tom is like, I'm not picking you up from the police station because how could you do this, you imbecile? And meanwhile, <laughs> the the Morrison parents and the and Mr. Donner are very much like, yeah, we support our kids. We want to see you go down a right path, and we're here to help you. And we'll talk more about the conversation between 
uh, Caleb and John in the next one because I love that conversation. Here, uh, we also get Mrs. Donner and a couple of little characters here and there. So this was a, I think this was a really impactful episode, especially with the cliffhanger at the end. I really, really liked this one. Um, it wasn't as memorable as previous ones, but it's it followed up on a lot of the storylines from this season, brought everything to a good um, climax, and we'll see the fallout of that in the next couple episodes. Yeah. You, you want to just uh, wait right there? <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't have anything to say to that. You're totally <laughs> fine. You're totally fine. Let's just tie all this together with the raps. Uh, with a pun rating. Oh, right. That was the thing I was waiting for you to say. What? How oh, was the... sorry. I'll, okay, I'll say that then. No, no, we're already past it. What's your pun rating, Ryan? Okay, my pun rating is 5 out of 10. I don't feel like there was really a pun, if I'm wrong. Because also, this wasn't really a fair warning. It was a very short notice warning. Yeah, like... It was the day of. I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, they got enough time to... They got fair warning of the party in time to do something about it, I suppose. So what would but be a better title for this episode, I guess? I think if I were to title it with a pun, let's see, what would I do? That That's a good challenge. Like, is there a cue? You do better. <laughs> Give me a second. Several bad puns later. If they'd played up that Anthony Donner is a sporty person a little bit more, they could have mm-hmm. called it Spoil Sport. Yeah, but they already had an episode called Spoiled Sport. Yeah, but they could call it Spoil Sport. Totally different. Totally? I mean... Because he spoils the party. Yeah. And he's sporty. That's true, but these episodes don't exist in isolation, you know? If I say, like, hey, I want to listen to Spoil Sport, and I get this one, I'm like, you know, I kind of wanted to listen to the one where Michael was being a spoiled sport. Well, there's an. Uh, I have a. I, th- I had the start of a second title. Yeah. Maybe just another second. <laughs> okay. 346 minutes later. They could have called it That's Inviting. Yeah. Because there's an invite. Yeah. You know what? Why don't we. The, this has been however many hours uh, of <laughs> coming up with the title. I'm, I just want to go home, Ryan. <laughs> it never occurred to me. You get to choose how much to overemphasize <laughs> how long that took. I know. I mean, I could just like add... five hours later. Five hours later. Yeah. I mean, you you'd never know. That was like 40 seconds. <laughs> yeah, but it was 40 long seconds. Let's let's cut it off here. <laughs> okay. Well, back in my day, the end of a podcast wouldn't be just coming up with random titles. We'd actually end on a, like, hey, go support us on old Patreon or something like that. You know? It's going to really hurt the chronology of these episodes when in the future we're not talking old, but now we are. Must be that we did all the reviews for future episodes in between my coming up with a pun. Yeah, I mean, no, because I've got this de-aging elixir (laughs) right here to give you. You can buy it for yourself at returntogilead.com. I'm going to see if it works here. Yeah, there we go. That's better. You want some? Are you sure there aren't any... There's not any mercury or something in that? No, no, only voice messages, which you can leave at anchor.fm slash return to Gilead. So, why don't you try some? Uh, no, I'm good. I think I'll try this anti-aging potion I made myself at home. What? Should work just right. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I'm Michael. <laughs> What are we doing next time? Is Ryan dead? I think he's dead. 
Yep, he's just gone. Anyway, uh, next time we will be reviewing episode 81, The Price of Peace. Um, so if you've enjoyed season six, let us know. Hopefully you can figure out a way to, you know, help us get back on track. It's been a long day. But anyway, uh, for Ryan, I'll just splice in a clip from him from our previous episode because he's obviously dead. I'm Michael. <laughs> I'm Ryan. <laughs> there we go. Thanks it so worked much. Eventually. For... <laughs> it just took a little while. Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time as we once again return to Gilead. <laughs> My rabbit! <laughs>